You're tuned in to a Soundway podcast. This is part one of a two-part podcast with Jack Iglesias and Ms. Mirazopa from Family Atlantica. Perhaps we could start off by talking about the, the group. I understand the core of the group is the two of you and uh, Kwame Krenzel. That's right, yeah. Okay, so you guys are the core, but how many people typically will there be for a Family Atlantica live show? Well, with Family Atlantica, we've got actually a few different permutations with our live outfits. We actually run a roster of different side acts, from just Lizmira doing a solo act, to me and Lizmira doing a duo act. Then we have a quartet, which is a kind of a mixture of high-life percussionists from Ghana, mixed with the two of us, and we kind of blend the calypsos and high-life, really, essentially, Venezuelan calypsos. And then we have a full band, which is seven people, which has got saxophone and bass, guitar, you know, elements that you'd more expect to find. And then we also have a sort of family Atlantica orchestra, which is with strings, more horns, backing vocals, and that can be, depending on the budget, up to 11, 12 people. Excellent. Okay, how did the three of you originally meet? Oh, it's beautiful. It's a long story. Do you want to hear the story, people? Absolutely. Once upon a time, we were in a festival in Stoke Newington, and Jack and I were playing along to a, to a samba band with his instruments, and, you know, we got tired of that, and then we started to walk off, and suddenly we just heard this sound of a djembe, but it, we felt it, like, coming from the earth or something, and then... Jack and I, we just look each other, we didn't say any word and we just walk along, you know, to we find that sound. We, we just run, run. exactly, we it was run. Like the rhythm sound. picked us up really and yeah. just carried us. It carried us, we didn't talk and then we look, we make eye contact with this guy who was in front of a, of a djembe shop. He was playing by himself and then we look at him kind of, we you know, we made eye contact and we run in and we grab instruments. I, I grab a cowbell and Jack another. Um, Jembe and we started to play, to play, to play, to play, and then people surrounded us, and we just play, 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 and the energy went so high, it was so beautiful. So, and it was really crazy because we just started to hang a lot together because we just wanted to, to meet again and keep playing, and we will go to a party and start playing, and people, they always say, so you are a band? And we were just jamming along, and people thought that we were a band. After that, yeah. I, I, I was chatting, I bumped into Hugo Mendes. Hugo said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to start these, these uh, kind of tropical warehouse parties with this new idea, I want to start pushing this thing out there. Uh, and I said, oh, that's funny because I've, I've just got this new um, kind of folkloric ensemble and, and you know, uh, and then we just sort of looked at each other and he said, oh man, why don't you come down and play? It's at this great place that's just kind of starting up called Passing Clouds down in Dalston. And, and I said, okay, that sounds great, cool, let's do it. So we went down and 
we played and the guys put on what was the first Sofrito night and that was our first Family Atlantica concert mm. and it was one of the first sort of big nights at Passing Clouds and there's this sort of crossing of destinies that just combined into a very powerful moment. Now there's also a bit of a story behind the two of you meeting isn't there? Because the two of you are married yeah. and, and have a young son. Yes. Well. Okay so how, how did the two of you originally meet? Well, I used to go to a, a huge, gigantic um, warehouse party um, that people could, you know, it was a huge jam. It was called Project 142. Yeah. And it was in an industrial complex of buildings quite far out in East London, sort of on the way to Leighton. And it just became this magnet for an incredible wealth of, of, of all the underground mm. culture and the characters and the artists from all over the world. And we we first met there, didn't we? In a, in a big circle of drummers that were playing. There was about maybe 20, 30 people playing drums in a big circle. And I was in the middle playing a cowbell. And then Lesmira walked in suddenly singing a song so then I looked at her and she was singing and I was like wow she walked in the middle with her hands up and I turned around and I looked at her and I thought my god that's a beautiful woman and she's she, you know she's got soul power and I, I love that song as well which is a classic by Celia Cruz and so I started to sing the harmony part on top of her. I wasn't expecting someone to, to, to know the, the harmony to that song, so it was a surprise for him that I, you know, I walk in singing his favourite song and it was a surprise for me that he knew the harmony. And yeah, so everything started there musically. between you from the start, mm. obviously. Um, it Very really, naturally. It really yeah. did. Did, did each of you have some knowledge of the particular styles that each of you brought to the table? Definitely, yeah, but there was there was a definite overlap as well that, was, that really united us together. Kwame is very interesting musical character who's was born in Nigeria because his father was playing with Fela Kuti's Africa 70. Was, his father was from Ghana and he was really the first Ghanaian I think to play with Fela's band and so Kwame grew up for the first few years of his life in Nigeria while his dad was there and then they moved back to Ghana and he's grown up really between these two countries in West Africa and, and his father is a, is a real master percussionist and he's drawing on very deep profound roots and he's He's got that kind of uh, real soul of, of the Afrobeat thing as well as many other things. And at that time, I was was very, very into that sort of sound, the West African thing, and, and listening to a lot of Afrobeat. And we would just get together and, and just vibe on that stuff, you know. And likewise, for me personally, with Liz Mira, I was also so into Latin music, you know, old salsa brava, you know, the really kind of 
darker, heavy Latin stuff, the Descartes stuff. 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s, 70s, really, those three decades, kind of golden era of analog recording and and of of musical styles, I think, as well, personally. And we really shared that as well. And then I guess Lesmira and Kwame, maybe you had this 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 familial connection in the music just just in the actual roots of the folkloric rhythms that you, you, you knew you could relate to each other like that, I guess. Absolutely. For me, I always did Afro-Venezuela music in Venezuela. And then I always had that dream, you know, how, and, like, oh, this music comes from Africa and blah, blah, blah. And then I remember it, it was a dream, you know, just I used to sit in the beach in Venezuela and imagine that on the other side there was Africa. And I always wanted to, to to meet those guys, you know, to, to go to the roots and, you know, very romantic idea. And then I come here, but so I have to find my own identity. And I say, okay, I do Afro-Venezuelan music. Uh, okay, what are, they, what are the other Venezuelans who can play this rhythm? So every time I would go back, I will train, you know, how to play myself, but it's, it's, they are so complex, those rhythm that you really need more people. So I try and then I play the cuatro as well and it was and then suddenly I said, look, I do I'm 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 a folkloric musician and I know what folklore is, is expression of the present. So my present is all these people. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with the Africans and then I forgot all these kind of desire to do an Afro-Venezuelan thing. I'm just gonna do my thing with them. This has been a Soundway podcast.